listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Horsepower with your host, Cameron Billis. All right, you're listening to the Horsepower Podcast on M- MSU Impact Sports, courtesy of Impact 89 FM. My name is Colin Jackson, and I'm alongside DJ Spencer Spenny Ray. Spencer, what's up, C-Jax? How are you feeling? That's right. He's calling me C-Jax because we are also your favorite hip-hop duo on the station, coming straight from the vibe. Anyways, a lot's been happening in the NBA lately. Obviously, we're in the championship series uh, where the Spurs are up 3-1 to one on the Miami Heat. But first, let's talk about the Pistons. Uh, this happened a while ago, but how do you feel about Stan Van Gundy taking over the team? Uh, I don't really think he's going to change the Pistons like dramatically. I think it's definitely an improvement for sure. And uh, if you look at his pedigree, he's taken teams to the finals, and uh, he's been in the playoffs, and most of the years he's been a coach. So playoffs definitely aren't out of the realm uh, for the Pistons. Uh, true story. Uh, personally, I think something that Stan Van Gundy has that most of the other uh, coaches that Joe Dumars brought to Detroit had it didn't have, rather, was just that ultimate focus on defense and that understanding that you're not going to come from a bottom eight team to a top eight team in just one season it takes time it takes you have to build Dumas tried to express rebuild I don't think it's going to happen yeah it's just for the past few years it's just like they just press the reset button in Detroit for the Pistons and it's it's unfortunate but yeah definitely improvements though for Detroit Exactly, and also something else I want to bring up is just the fact that Stan Van Gundy has the unique advantage of also being president of the organization. Almost kind of like the Phil Jackson situation or, you know, with like Pat Riley. Because I'm sure if uh, Eric Spolstra was getting on a line, I'm sure Pat Riley could just, you know, exactly. play puppet master and, and probably just take over as coach if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think any Heat fans would complain if Pat Riley came back as coach. Yeah, I don't think any Heat fans are complaining right now. Maybe that they're down 3-1 in the series, but that's about it. Yeah, maybe if uh, it's those cramps, though. They just got <laughs> yeah. it wrong. Oh, my God. Did you see the Gatorade tweets? I did no, not. Those were hilarious. I saw the hashtag LeBronny. We'll get into that a little yeah. bit later, though. <laughs> Anyways, you brought up a interesting point, though, about if Eric Spolster got out of line, you'd think uh, Pat Riley could just come back and kind of go like, and get him. Uh, so there's a new GM in Detroit also, Jeff Bauer. And how do you think that dynamic is going to work then with the coach being the president and the GM in between? There's going to probably, there probably could be a lot of conflict. We may not hear about it just because they'll probably keep it under wraps. But I think it's definitely a uh, um, cause for conflict because if you have someone not only is control of the team but the president, you know, it's just you're going to have a power struggle there like immediately as opposed to dividing up with like three people doing their jobs. But I'm not to say, not to say that Van Gundy isn't the right guy to be a president and a coach, though. I, I definitely trust his judgment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something I really like about Van Gundy because in the interviews, uh, he has mentioned he respects uh, Jeff Bauer's way of playing. He understands that uh, Bauer worked his way up the system. He stated several times he has respect for that. But in the end of the day, it is Van Gundy's team. And Bauer may or may not understand how that works just yeah just kind of like how with the knicks uh yeah Derek fisher is the head coach but i think it's phil jackson's team oh completely and as sad and as sad as that is you know it's it's the truth and also how are you going to say no to phil jackson unfortunately van gundy does not have the same 
uh, respect in the league that Phil Jackson does. Maybe because of his mustache. <laughs> I don't know, but Pepsi. it's just yeah, like Pepsi when he swigs. right. Uh, he left Orlando a little bit of a controversy, uh, claiming it was kind of Dwight Howard had a big part of that decision. Even though, and Orlando really hasn't been the same since uh, Van Gundy left. Uh, do you think that he will have the same effect in Detroit, or do you think he'll leave in another kind of media frenzy? Probably not, because I don't really think uh, no one no one on the Pistons really has that leverage. You know, we're like, oh, if I leave, I'm going to impact the team, kind of like what Dwight did, where he was an all-star, and he's probably destined potentially for a Hall of Fame career, and I don't think anyone on the Pistons really has that, that baggage with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so bringing up All-Stars on the team then, uh, probably the closest thing Detroit has to a true All-Star at the moment. I'm not talking about Josh Smith either. I'm talking <laughs> about uh, a former rookie, Andre Drummond, who's coming off a pretty great rookie season compared I mean, compared to the rest of his team performing performance-wise. Uh, Van Gundy, how do you feel that Drummond will fit into Van Gundy's system? Well, you and I talked about this earlier is how he uses uh, – how he's going to utilize the big man, not just not have too many bigs out there, kind of like balance it out. And, uh, you know, having two big men as opposed to three and playing a little more small and get some athleticism out there. Because Detroit, they have some some athletic players out there, and we didn't really get to see it much this year. You know, as, as you know, Detroit fans and media and just anyone who watches NBA – Nothing really surprised you about the Pistons. It was like, oh wow, you know, except for Andre Drummond, like, oh that guy, that guy could have a really good career mm-hmm. once you get some pieces around him, anyway. Exactly, and that's where uh, Greg Monroe and Josh Smith do fit in. Uh, do you think that it's possible? Do you think that Josh Smith and Greg Monroe, if they decide, if he decides to stay in Detroit, even that they'll be able to work well with Drummond, just com- trading off who gets to play when and where. What do you think the the star inner star and then will just take over? I think that's I think that's the coach's job, and I think uh, Van Gundy will definitely make the right decision because, you know, once you know he's earned the respect, Van Gundy's really earned the respect probably uh, of the players and uh, just you know he'll he'll have control of the locker room and I think he'll handle it well and the guys, um, who uh, you know some of the centers like Drummond and Smith, I think they'll understand their role. And once Van Gundy uh, establishes their role, I think they'll they'll fit in and things will just kind of mesh together and hopefully we'll see improvements. Uh huh. Yeah. Just uh, to give some idea on Dwight on sorry Andre Drummond's stats, he's right now shooting a career field goal percentage of uh, six eighteen, a free throw percentage of four oh two, getting about ten point eight rebounds a game, one point six uh, blocks a game. Meanwhile, Dwight Howard. Uh, just to give some comparison to Van Gundy's last big ma- phenom, big man, uh, Dwight Howard's career stats are uh, .579 field goal percentage with uh, shooting about a little bit higher free throw percentage, .574, and also higher block percentage, but those go up with age, correct? Yeah, you definitely. But you're talking about two different athletes, though. I think Dwight Howard... He's an established elite center in the league, and Andre Drummond, he's definitely getting his feet wet, and uh, definitely a good outlook, you know, on his career. That you know, as as a Detroit fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much do you think maturity does play in Andre Drummond's playing? Obviously, he made his fair share of mistakes last year as well. 
it's huge. And just keeping your composure, especially being on a team that has a lot of work to do, I'm sure that's frustrating, you know, either blowing a lead or just or getting blown out for that matter, you know, mm-hmm. you know, every other night or just getting beat, just losing, you know, losing streaks here, losing streaks there, then win a couple games. But definitely, definitely has to be frustrating on his end. But like I said, Van Gundy, he knows how to, he knows how to take a team to the next level. He's done it. And, but the only thing I see, I just hope he doesn't plateau like he did mm-hmm. or reach his peak too early with Orlando. And, but I think Andre Drummond will definitely favor from and all the centers. Maybe Josh Smith's uh, percentages will <laughs> yeah. go up, his shooting percentages. Right. Last season was definitely one of his all-time worst in his career. Uh, going from in the 600s of a shooting percentage to below 400 the very next night, it's just a roller coaster ride. And Josh Smith, this was actually one of his uh, first year, and I want to say seven in Atlanta, that he hasn't made the playoffs. And he's expressed even his own disappointment in that, saying that there's a losing culture in Detroit. And how much do you feel that this is Josh Smith projecting blame on others, or do you think he justly deserves the blame he's been receiving as well? He definitely deserves the blame, because if you're getting paid $13.5 million, you have to perform. It's that simple. Or, mm-hmm. you know, or you're you're not going to be there anymore. They'll they'll find a way to get rid of you. And and I think if he has as terrible as the years he did last year, he's on his way out. Okay, so do you think the Detroit will try and pay Greg Monroe the money and try and find some way to ship off uh, Josh Smith? Yeah, I don't really think anyone in Detroit is worth a max contract. I know Monroe wants that, but mm-hmm. no one in that on that team is worth a max contract. Sorry, Billups. <laughs> Chauncey! No, but true story. Uh, Greg Monroe, obviously no one on the team does have a max contract right now. Highest contract is the belonging to Josh Smith right now. But other teams around the league are expressing uh, interest in Greg Monroe, like uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, for example, are trying to get someone to back up on uh, Anthony Davis. But obviously, uh, Stan Van Gundy has the option of matching anything the Pelicans have and keeping Greg Monroe. And he's expressed interest in keeping him. Do you think that Monroe will ever come down, or do you think he's just set? If I think it really all depends on the success of the team this year. If if he sees that, you know, they've Detroit's rebounded off of last year and that there's signs of improvement and progression, then yeah, I think he could definitely lower his price and, you know, maybe more maybe making Josh Smith money, but not quite, you know, Bosch money or like big three money. But okay. yeah, over time we'll definitely see that. And he's he has to make his case. And if he plays well, he'll have more leverage in contract talks, but if uh, yeah, if the team's not doing well and he's happens to slump, then he's probably definitely see him in New Orleans. That definitely be a huge possibility. So you envision at least one more year in a Pistons jersey for Greg Monroe? Oh yeah. All right. Well, coming up. Well, switching gears a little bit from Detroit basketball, we're going to the exact opposite, and that is the Detroit the NBA Championship Series. Have you been keeping up? Oh yeah, been a great series with uh, the Spurs and the Heat. Heat uh, blown out these past couple games. That's something you rarely ever see, even in the regular season. They usually end up mm-hmm. blowing out a team or you know every week, at least once a week, and just to see that happen to them, and it just kind of, I think that kind of devalues uh, Eric Spol- Eric Spolster's job in Miami. I don't really think that uh, you know he, he's he's definitely a great coach, but I think you're kind of seeing 
his lack of experience, you know, mm-hmm. being se- severely outcoached in these two games. Like, you never see that with the Heat. Exactly. And there's a lot of talk about Spolstra being a top-ten coach in the league. Do you buy into that? Or do you just think it's the fact that he his management was able to buy the best team in the league? He's a good coach, but he's not top ten. Okay. He's not he's not top ten. Uh just because, you know, that definitely does play in a factor. You've never heard like some of the guys who like Kawhi Leonard and uh Danny Green, you, you heard their names last year a lot in the finals. Those guys really aren't superstars, you know, and Kawhi Leonard, we could definitely see him be a superstar next year. because I know he's he's been uh the uh not really proclaimed, but uh, as the the new face of the Spurs, once Parker and all them leave, he's the guy, the head honcho, who's going to be the head honcho once they all disperse. That's right. That's why I think it's interesting about this series. It's kind of like the old big three, Manu Ginobili, uh, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker versus the young big three. And what do you see is different? There's that phrase, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but obviously you can if you've been watching. What do you think is different in the San Antonio? Uh, compared to last year, mm-hmm. it's just their passing. Like everyone is just on the same page. Like I think they're they're so hungry from losing last year. Off, you know, they were one Ray Allen missed three point away from being the champions, and and just to see that, you know, the way they played, like these, especially these past two games, it's just phenomenal to see that, you know, they're they want this really bad, and I think they're probably gonna win it this next game five. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Game 5 coming up in San Antonio as well. See, personally, uh, you mentioned Kawhi Leonard. Uh, personally, someone I've been watching in the series that I just think has the potential to be huge in the future of the Spurs organization if he sticks around is actually uh, Patty Mills, who, when he came off the bench in Game 3, he just had that fire, that drive. I mean, this is something I don't see too often in basketball, and this is something I really value. Like He came out like a cannon. Yeah, the, and I think a lot of those guys in the Spurs know their role. They're kind of like the Patriots, you know, of the NBA. Like, everyone is just, it's a team. And when you think of the Miami Heat, you think of, like, three individuals that get paid lots of money. that do They do great things together, but it's just, you don't really see, like, that team, like, when they, that teamwork. Like, obviously, they have their fancy sports center top ten alley-oops that you'll see mm-hmm. once a week, but with the Spurs, it's different. Like, the guys in the Spurs, just the... The dynamic is just uh, is just so much different from the Heat because like a lot of people don't even like watching the Spurs play basketball. I love watching that old school type basketball. You're yeah. passing it, getting that high percentage shot or that uncontested shot, and it seems like Miami they always go for that that highlight shot or that highlight dunk. All right. So before we get out of here, what do you think the score of Game Six or Game Five will be? Uh, the Heat aren't going to score 100 points. And the Spurs will score more than 100 points, and the Spurs stop these, stop the Heat. All right. Well, I'm calling it right now, 108-101 San Antonio Spurs for the championship. I got, I'll do 105-95 Spurs championship. All right. Championship predictions here on the Horsepower. Thanks for listening.